Welcome. Bienvenidos, beautiful minds, to the House of Perspective. I'm Shay. And I'm Kay. We've been best friends since first grade and have shared so many amazing times together. The magic of it all is that we dive into some pretty thought-provoking and profound conversations. The irony of our relationship is that even though we're besties, we disagree all the time. (laughs) Okay, not all the time, but a lot of times. The way we interpret ideas depends on our life experiences, collective memories, our culture, parents, family, friends, and so much more. And how we navigate life through our own personal perspectives shapes us into who we are. So thanks for joining us in the House of Perspectives, where we explore the different ideas and topics, the funny, the sad, the sexy, and even the taboo. This house is meant to be shared by collective perspectives. We want to better understand life and share these different perspectives with you. So let's, let's get, get into, into it. Yes, we have Destiny Ann in the House of Perspectives today. We are so very excited. She's a certified parent coach. She is the definition of amazing. And we are so happy to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. I am in the season of accepting flowers and not pushing them away. So thank you so much. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Yes. One of the first questions I had after listening to your TED talk was about the bad kid was, um, I don't know, one, I have so many questions. Where do I start? <laughs> um, so you're like, okay, if we give kids as labels, like, okay, if you're a bad kid and then you grow up to be like a bad teenager and a bad adult and then a bad mom and all that, like, I'm just curious about what if we give them the good kid labels, like, um, oh, you're such a good kid. You're so amazing. Like, um, what if that doesn't pan out? Like you talked about how, like when we define ourselves by our achievements and stuff to kind of cover up that bad persona. Um, I don't know, like, what do you think or in your experience, like what would be the effect or what is the effect of, um, talking our kids up and like, you're amazing. You're so smart. You're this. And then like, then they, maybe aren't so much that you know either yeah that even makes sense yeah it does it does I think it's a thin line and we have to ask ourselves why we're giving them that label and how it impacts our treatment of them so my oldest I actually call her a good kid all the time I'm like Mm -hmm. you're the light you're so good you're inherently good Mm -hmm. but my basis of this isn't about her external actions it's just Mm. you just inherently are good Mm. god made you god made you good you're a good person and oftentimes the good label is used to like almost like as a punishment like what are you doing like Mm -hmm. you're this is not what good kids do and it's Mm. almost like reverse bad kid label right right for me when my daughter makes a mistake i use it as a form of empowerment like you're still a good kid what would a good kid do to fix this or Mm. how can we manage this or I'm so proud of you for taking accountability because that's who you are and even when you don't even when you mess up that has nothing to do with who you are and your character so for me personally I use that not as a label but as a form of empowerment just based off of who she is 
I love that. Okay. That's, that's helpful. Um, I was thinking like what came to mind initially was like, um, I don't know where this even came from, but growing up, I had this thing about like guys or like men and I don't even, again, I don't know where it came from, but it was like, Oh, your mom, you know, your mom must've like told you you were all that growing up because you're like so full of yourself or whatever, you know, (laughs) like, like the mama's boy type of thing. And then they grow up and they think they're like, um, the shit basically. (laughs) And they're like treating people poorly and have like all these character flaws, but they think they're so great because their mom told them they were so great. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like what came to mind, but I like how you reframed it or not necessarily reframe, but use it differently. It's not a label. It's more of a way to empower them. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, just to switch gear, um, you had mentioned something about, um, well, like shaming kids and how we can do it unconsciously. Um, and I wanted to know if it comes from like a epigenetic and generational trauma, because I listened to, um, this woman, Dr. Joy DeGray, or I might be saying her name wrong, but she talked about post-traumatic slave syndrome and like Mm -hmm. how that's multidimensional trauma, basically, you know, 300, 500 years of trauma and the trauma still continues. It seeps in us, at least with women in our womb. So that impact can be sustained. So there's clear connections between survival in that where we get adaptive behaviors. So for instance, um, I think the example she said was a black mother and a white mother, they're at the school, they're getting awards for their children the black mother whispers to the mother, uh, the white mom, oh yeah, um, congratulations, your child is excelling, he's doing so well, this is amazing, and and the white mom's like, yeah, he's on honor roll, he's received this and this, and just expressing all his accolades. Meanwhile, the white woman says, oh my God, but your son also, he's doing such a good job, and the black mother automatically says, oh my God, though, he he gives me a run for my money, he, mm-hmm. he's too much, he's this, he's that, and it's just like we're denigrating them but in a way to protect them because that's as she put it as by the time um, like if we roll back to 300 years ago, the slave owner would say, Oh, that boy's coming along. And the mom would automatically say, no, that boy's stupid. No, he's not. He's no good. He's no good. And it's kind of like a protective mechanism. So how does that come up with like shaming our kids up now? Epigenetic wise, if that's a thing. Yeah, I I hear this notion often that it's it's similar to that, but what I hear more than that most often is like I'm preparing my kid or mm-hmm. nobody's going to treat my kid a certain way, so I have to t- toughen them up. Mm-hmm. That's where I mostly hear the shame from, but I still think that it's rooted in in the same idea and it's rooted in in intergenerational trauma and also the things that we've seen and our parents have seen in the ways that their bodies have carried the trauma, like you said, of our children not being treated well outside of the home. I think the problem with that is that when our children are disempowered by the people that they're supposed to be empowered by, Mm -hmm. it's a jaded idea of what love looks like. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes they perpetuate that in relationships Mm -hmm. or they can't identify negative toxic behaviors Mm. as easily and so I like to encourage parents 
that their voice becomes their kids' voice, becomes the voices of the people that they allow and accept. And our kids can't choose their wor- their world completely, but they can choose their like their micro worlds, you know, like their friends, their relationships, their jobs, X, Y, and Z. And do you want them to choose situations that mirrored a negative environment that they experienced in their home or one that mirrors a positive environment? Um, and often that reframe is enough to to kind of shift, okay, shame probably isn't the best route for us to take because they're going to expect it. Say it again. <laughs> no, like say it just for me because. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yes. Um, but that that makes me think about like, I don't want to feel like I'm coming up with excuses, but like I personally have like a hard time with my own history of trauma and so I remember a study about like I think it was mice and they exposed the mother mouse to like a cherry scent and then um like gave an electric shock or whatever that like Mm -hmm. induced pain and so every time the mom smelled cherry she got pain um and then she had baby mice and even in the apps like the mother was completely removed from the you know situation and they exposed the babies to cherry scent and they like exhibited run like fear running away the type of behavior that you would expect if they if they had experienced the pain but they never experienced the pain and so like the way that i kind of conceptualize that for humans is like our mothers and grandmothers and all you know our ancestors had their own trauma and they're passing that on to us without us even realizing, like you just said, we don't even realize it sometimes. Um, So these things that trigger me personally, or just parents in general, like things that come up and trigger us and make us um, like yell and and get dysregulated and all that. um, Like how, how do you talk to parents about that? Or like, If, you know, like, I can't just be like, okay, I'm done. I dealt with my trauma today. Like, it's a process. Like, I'm going through my own healing. And so I'm still kind of like some things are still coming up and my kids' behaviors are still causing me to get triggered and yell at them. And I don't like it, but it's like, I don't know. I'm healing as fast as I can, kind of. So it's like, (laughs) do you have, like, how how do those parents respond? Like, do you have tools or is it just like a mindset thing? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Trauma is tricky because like you said, there is a biological element of it and our brains really do change when we experience trauma, but also like you said, intergenerationally. And then there's also a social and environment component to that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times focusing on behaviors is helpful. A lot of times focusing on the biological element um, is helpful and with, you know, a trained professional or Mm -hmm. whether that's our nutrition, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. What I like to do from my scope, because the biological side is obviously not my area of expertise, mm-hmm. but from an environmental standpoint, I think two things are important. Number one, constantly asking ourselves, why? Where is this coming from? Why am I responding like this? Um, and journaling has been really helpful mm-hmm. for me because it's an opportunity for me to be honest and really, excuse me, be honest and write down like, no, it's not really that you want to be, want your kids to be happy all the time. Sometimes it's you like want to change the bad kid narrative by creating some good mom narrative and you're putting like the responsibility of that on your kids. And so you're needing them to be happy all the time and well-behaved all the time. So just asking ourselves questions like that, like, is this trauma or is this from somewhere else? That's number one, Mm. really heightening our awareness. 
The second piece of that, and I think it's honestly the most important piece, is just like owning our shit. Hello. Being accountable. I cannot tell you how big of a difference it has made in my daughter's relationship with me, my preteen, just me being able to apologize, number one. And I mean, Mm -hmm. for everything. Like, mm-hmm. girl, I was being sassy this morning. Like, <laughs> my I, bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, that was not okay. Like, I will literally come back. Like, I'll be like, oh my God, Kennedy, what are you doing? Like, seriously. That would have just been so tiny in my house growing up, but I'll come back and be like, that was not a supportive tone. I'm sorry. Yeah. Outside of that, taking accountability for the bigger things and opening up the space in our home for it to be okay to make mistakes. Um, it's good for our kids because they're going to make mistakes and that's how they grow and they can take accountability. But it's also good for us because sometimes that pressure of not making mistakes inadvertently backfires and it's hurtful to the parent-child relationship. One, because we're not going to apologize. So our kids are looking at us like, you don't see me hurt right now. Right, right. Well, exactly. <laughs> but then two, the other aspect of that is then we're not going to ask for help with our traumas because mm. a lot of times parenting is so lonely because there's yeah. this this idea especially with black mothers oh my god and i'm a single mom what like mm-hmm. don't don't have no issues because this is your fault right right so no that's so don't be over here complaining yeah, yeah. and yeah. in in every aspect of motherhood i talk to so many moms and it seems like such a lonely journey because there's this idea that it's supposed to be inherent we're supposed to know what we're doing yes and we are dealing with real traumas like yeah. we need help and so i think accountability also helps in that way it's that like you know what i messed up I don't have all the tools. I'm not superwoman. This is like, this is above my pay grade. I'm like, <laughs> right? <no. laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. I love that fact about accountability. And, you know, my husband and I, we, we practice this. We, we apologize to our kids. And it's, mm-hmm. it certainly is, um, it's humbling, but it's also like putting us in check. We have yeah. to do better because if we don't, our apology doesn't mean yes. anything. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I find myself kind of falling short because yeah, I yelled at you. I apologize. And then I'm doing it again the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's hard for me to like regulate the child when I can't regulate myself. <laughs> well, that piece is important. The like <laughs> finding new tools piece yeah. is, is very important. Something that I think ha- helps with that. And it's, it's easier when they're older is actually problem solving with them. So they mm-hmm. recognize this is a journey and we're going to see it get better. And we're constantly going to be having these open conversations and discussions about not just your behavior, but mine as well. Mm-hmm. So that you're constantly keeping them in the loop. So they don't think you're just like brushing it off and just mm-hmm. like, you know, gaslighting them or just giving them empty apologies. It's like, hey, yesterday I yelled. This is what was going on to, uh, yesterday. Today I did it again. And What's your input? How did you feel about it? Like getting the more information we have, it does start to stick and we can utilize that information to make better choices. But when we kind of like run from it or like, "Ah, yeah, I apologized yesterday, but today I had a better reason. Like, no, Mm. continue to have those conversations with yourself, your partner and your kids. Mm. Yes. Yes. That's that. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) It's that part. It's that. No, I have, I have a nine-year-old who literally has come out of her mouth saying, wow, I thought you said you were trying to be a better mom. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, imagine how I feel (laughs) being a parenting coach. And my daughter knows this. My 10 year old knows this and she don't do it no more, but she has definitely been like "Mm, gentle parenting. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, she doesn't. No, she yeah, doesn't. I love yeah, it. I love yeah. it. Speaking of gentle parenting and peaceful parenting, what's your definition? Because I, you said you did a really cute um reel about like you know before that was only considered some like white people stuff, but oh, it's yeah. so nice to know that this is this is getting out more because it's so necessary so what's your definition of peaceful parenting or gentle parenting (laughs) okay so gentle parenting to me is just a a collection of tools Mm -hmm. that we can use and some of them are gonna stick in one household some Mm -hmm. of them aren't I say this all the time like my kids one day a gentle parenting tool will work and then the next day I'm like is this the same kid like (laughs) gentle parenting is just the tools and that's why these videos don't always resonate with people because they're like that's not gonna work for my kid it's just it's a toolbox right (laughs) however conscious parenting Mm. which resonates more for me is the awareness piece like you're conscious you're you're brain forward you're paying attention you're asking why you're doing these things you're conscious of your triggers um you're conscious of what's going on beneath your kids behaviors it's not that they're bad like what's really up what are they struggling with how can you support them and so that's the conscious piece. And then you go into the gentle parenting bucket to figure out how to communicate this or how mm-hmm. to redirect or X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that conscious parenting is so powerful, and I think that it maybe resonates better with people, is that it's supposed to look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. if you parented your child exactly the way you parent mine, you wouldn't be honoring and respecting the kid that you have, and you wouldn't be honoring and respecting the person that you are. So I'm like, mm. ask the questions that are going to make sense in your house. Use the tools that you're going to, that are going to make sense in your house and be committed to that changing every day. Your mm. kid is a different kid every single day and being conscious yeah, they are. of who they are, <laughs> what they need every day, every, every day, single day, Ooh. right? Every day. And I, I, I think that all the time, I'm like, I want to intentionally get to know who my child is. Oh, that's deep yeah that's deep Mm. and you know what when you said that I was like something in my head said oh my god I've been trying to morph my child into just being good Mm. (laughs) instead of just letting them be that was deep I love that and I think too because (laughs) part of that comes from being present like with them and being mindful and intentional I don't know maybe it's just me but it can be like exhausting and I have three kids. So I got one, but one's over here crying because they want peanut butter on their toes. This one's crying because their toy broke. And then this other one is mad because I won't hold him. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> so I hear you, like there's different tools that are going to work at different times. And it's like learning, first of all, learning the tools and yeah. then, and then being able to access them in the moment, mm-hmm. um, being able to regulate enough to recognize and access that, what is it, like your prefrontal cortex, yeah. whatever, to say, like, I'm going to do things, like, to intentionally respond, like, it's um, it's a lot. Uh, and I, I appreciate that, you know, what you just said, Kay, like, I just realized, like, I'm just trying to make you good. Well, part of that, I feel like, is because I'm tired. Like, yes so yes yes it's so hard with multiples it's yeah. so hard with multiples and it's also possible I don't know if mm-hmm. people like don't like look past an initial video on my Instagram or something but I'll be using a tool and they're like yeah wait till you have another one or that only works one and I'm like okay but it is harder when they're doing different things especially when they're not like in the same developmental phase because it's like the the good preteen communication part of me is has to be on while the same time that the redirect this tantrum part of me has to be on. Right. And it's, right. Like, right. I'm like, I can't be seven 
and 10, like, right. you know what I'm saying? Or five right. and 10 right. at the same time. Right. Right? It right. is difficult. So what I do in those moments is I just stop. Like, we're going to pause. I don't care you if you're throwing the Cheerios on the floor. Right. I don't care if you're rolling mm-hmm. your eyes at me. And mm-hmm. I say this. Ooh, girl. Mm-hmm. Ooh, child. See, I know. Oh, it's rough. Oh, it's rough. Oh, it's my God. Rough. You broke it's my heart. Rough. And you don't care. Oh my time. god! <laughs> I don't. Well, I'm not gonna say I don't care. I don't address it. You don't right? address you, it. That's part. That part. The fact that, that part, you because I definitely care. Okay? <laughs> right, right. I'm saucy and spicy, and you. <laughs> but I pause and I say something along the lines of, "This is not us. This is not how we operate. Mm. This is not what we do." I'm here. I say this all the time. I'm here to support you, and it's really difficult. To support you in the space that we're in right now. Okay, so if I was like, "I'm oh, here to support you," it's really difficult. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is that the same? Is it the same? <laughs> I'm gonna say if that's gonna get you to a lighter space, you know what I'm saying? There are alternatives that are worse than that. So if that's what it is, then absolutely. But I, I just talk it out out loud. I'm just like, look, I'm, I'm irritated right now. Let me take a deep breath because mm. I'm yeah. getting frustrated about X, Y, and Z, mm. and usually at that moment I can start to empathize and I'm like I understand that you're tired and don't want to go to school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand that you want to play right now we're gonna have to figure something out okay and I I constantly Mm -hmm. say that it's my job to keep you safe or it's my job to think about the future and helping them to develop rational skills so this morning Mm -hmm. my daughter is like being slow being lazy and attitude I'm just like it's my job to think about the future I know you want me to pick you up on uh, from school on time babe how can I support you so we can get out of the house on time? Cause you know, what's going to happen and mm-hmm. being okay with following through on that boundary. She got to school on time today. Thank God. But the day she does, <laughs> the day she doesn't, I'm like, my work day is my work day. It's a certain right. amount of hours and right. it can start, it can start at nine or it can start at 10, mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. the amount of hours ain't going to change. And either right. you're the first exactly. kid up or you're going to be the last. And that's your right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's why boundaries are important as well though. <laughs> So let me um, ask you a question between siblings, because I heard I have a seven and a 10 year old and um, they don't know how to regulate with each other. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel that I can talk to them separately and we're golden. We're good. But the way they communicate to each other seems as if um, either they're mirroring my behavior, which I don't know where they see it, because it's not like I'm just out here yelling crazy out loud. Maybe maybe I am. Maybe not. (laughs) But they're just... (laughs) They're just they're just seeing something. It's probably from the TV. That's what I'm going to say. And they're mirroring this behavior. And I don't know how to get them to listen to each other. And I don't know how to if I'm even supposed to be in that space. Are they supposed to figure that out themselves? Do you have these conversations with them when they're not like when they're not like going at it? Yeah, because oftentimes that's when we're doing the most teaching. (laughs) Mm-hmm. right yeah like somebody said that we got to teach them when they're reachable and often we're teaching when they're like least reachable but that's because mm-hmm. we're the most triggered and we want it to pop <laughs> right that's right. like yeah and then so i'm clicking like, and then i'm folding clothes and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> stop talking to each other like that that was rude like what is wrong with you blah blah, blah. right in those like right. sweet small recap moments oftentimes mm. actually separate separate okay. Um, because you can actually empathize with them individually. So like I empathize with the five-year-old just wanting to be around her sister and like just loving her and being silly and playful. 
and I empathize. I definitely empathize with the 10 year old that her sister is annoying the hell out of her. <laughs> sure, sure, I sure, did sure. it, right? So for a 10 year old to be able to hear you, not just lead with like, you're the older sibling, you set the example, but lead with like, sis, she can be annoying. Like I know she can be annoying. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not gonna lie. Let's right. figure out a way that you can express when she's bothering you that isn't hurtful because we know mm-hmm. where that goes and it just amplifies things or constantly telling her like I'm here to to support you in that so if you're getting frustrated you need a time like space breaks are allowed up in here a thousand percent if you need yeah. a space break don't sit here argue with her like don't give your power away to a five-year-old girl Ooh, don't do it. <laughs> exactly I'm like girl yeah. how crazy is that yeah. I said the same thing to the five-year-old though. I'm just like, girl, you are a phoenix. You a firebird. Like, whatever that girl's saying to you. Like, of course, these are co- separate conversations. I'm like, girl, sure. like, <laughs> you upset, but don't be over here like butt hurt for 20 minutes, girl. It's time to go watch uh, Bluey. Come on. Exactly. Now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We got better things to do. We got better exactly. things to do. Okay. Exactly. But then when we have those conversations together, I can mediate like, it's usually some form of how did that make you feel? And what did you do in response? How did that make you feel? What did you do in response? What would you have preferred? And we're going to try that next time. And recognizing that any habit takes repetition. So yeah, that part. I I, I really acknowledge what you just said. What you were saying is so foreign, at least. And that's why we need people like you who specialize in, in, in coaching mothers and or parents in general, because that didn't happen in my house. And I'm not mm. saying it's a bad thing because I thought, I think I grew up pretty well. I think mm. I had a really good childhood and I came out to be a pretty decent person. I didn't recognize it until, you know, you, you mentioned things like that. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's something to think about. I think too, it's hard to like, <sighs> Destiny, we both grew up with, our moms were in the military. So <laughs> you know, that's like a very like, <laughs> straight, yeah. straight, narrow household. And so authoritative. It's like, Right. For yeah. sure. <laughs> no, but like, you know, there's that acknowledging that like, I mean, we can acknowledge like the benefits and like the, you know, the good that came from the way that we were parented, you know, like mm-hmm. we can, the successes and the things, you know, how, how far we've gone in our careers and different aspects of our personality. Um, bad it's just the way that we were parented and our parents did the best that they could with the knowledge that they had and like couldn't do things like that growing up so we don't know how to do it with our kids mm. basically um like for spanking versus communicating grow you know my first before I even knew what gentle parenting or all of these things was my I always thought okay yeah spanking kids that's a normal thing I've seen it growing up that's just what parents do that's how you correct behavior. Yeah. That is how you correct behavior. Period. There's not another way. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And then Destiny, Destiny right. comes out talking about, have you communicated? What? <laughs> Communicating with my child? What, what are you talking about? What, right. do you, what are you talking about? And it's not to say, again, we, uh, Shanae and I have been like, we have been on this gentle parenting for years now. Um, that's something that we've always wanted to do. That's always something how we wanted to parent. But the struggle it, real. <laughs> the struggle, the struggle is real. Is the real. struggle is real. Yeah. And communicating. So can you speak a little bit about spanking versus communicating in that regard? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Like, no, like say it. Be real. Be real. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have so much empathy. I have so much empathy for parents that spank their kids. I have very mm-hmm. much empathy. I'm, let me leave with that. Um, I think that it's 
it's it's trauma like it yeah. is trauma anyway mm-hmm. you sli- slice it and splice it you can mm-hmm. be a fully functioning amazing successful adult and if you think that it's okay to hit small people then you're not fine like okay. and it's okay to not be fine like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all right mm-hmm. um but I also understand where it comes from and like it is just very normal girl I started getting beat at two at two mm-hmm. Two to about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was something that was normal, but it just felt so terrible that I'm like, no, there's no way I'm doing this to another human. Yeah. Um, but the problem that I think that makes it difficult for parents that spank is what you just said, which is that the argument is either spanking or like communication. Like, I'm just supposed to sit here and talk to you. Like, no, personally, <laughs> no, no, that don't always work. Especially not with a five-year-old. They don't give a damn what you're talking about. They jump, they're jumping on couches while you're talking to them. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Shoving stuff in your face. Screaming. Yes. No. Yes. This is the thing. Boundaries mm. matter. Period. Yes. Boundaries are so important. You have to have boundaries. And I find that a lot of times, Spanking is a result of actually weak boundaries and mm. weak routines and mm. a lack of leadership and supportive environment. Like as okay. a child, because I wouldn't go to bed and I'm like, I needed help. Like the <laughs> nighttime routine, you're telling me I'm going to sit in front of a TV until <laughs> 10 minutes before bath time. Bath time is hectic and chaotic because it's late because y'all got off late. I haven't connected with y'all. And then mm-hmm. you're supposed to put me at two in a bed and I'm just supposed to stay there Mm -hmm. now granted they didn't have the tools and they didn't know but ultimately that behavior was not my fault as a kid and I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of behaviors that kids are having it's a lack of boundaries and it's a lack of parents taking responsibility for the the environment like I'm like your the expectations supersede the support (laughs) I was talking to uh, my baby daddy maybe like three years ago so my daughter's seven and I'm like she needs to wear her bonnet and he's like she should know to put it on and I'm just like dude like how difficult <laughs> would it be to just remind her and it's like stuff like that like we're so mm. overwhelmed with our day that we don't remind them about the homework and then it's 10 p.m and they haven't done it and now we're pissed right. off or yelling like right executive functioning takes time it's literally not developed until our early 20s and that's without trauma so when uh, you tell a 10 year old go clean your room that takes like the ability to start a task to stay on task to organize it. like it takes so much to process that in your brain right, right? if you haven't had adequate practice supportive practice um, and so the expectations often are way beyond a child's development, mm. but we don't have the support to match the expectation. And so, of course, you're going to yell and spank and do all that stuff because you like, I need it to be done. Right. right. This and right. you weren't listening. So this was a quick yeah. way. But you're right. And so and with that, like, would you say that? So I will admit I'm guilty here of spanking my child because they weren't listening um, and apologizing for my actions and trying to repair the relationship after you know some sort of fracture and um, sitting with them and communicating and listening and holding them through like an episode so it's like part of me is like okay well is some effort better than no effort at all like I mean is it like is there any sort of like incremental benefit or is it like nope you spanked the kid so is there any hope I guess is what I'm asking like for those of us who are still on the struggle bus with the whole parenting thing there's always I'm not gonna say there was always hope because we're humans and some people are just like no I don't want to do my parents and that's their business but 
I've spoken to a lot of parents that are like of grown children that are like, I came to my child, I took accountability and our relationship looks different because of this. So I don't personally feel like it's ever too late to take accountability. Now what your child does with that accountability is their business, but I feel like your relationship has a better chance of healing. Mm. If you take that accountability, we're all going to make mistakes and our children's baseline of love and punishment X, Y, and Z is, is in our hands. And so the fact that you were able to take accountability shows something really powerful um, and it doesn't excuse the spanking, but for your child to see your growth, mm. that that's a sign of your commitment to your child and to parenting. And mm. I think that that's a really, really powerful, um, powerful tool. Mm. Well, that's Absolutely. good news. Yeah, you know. Girl, well, bitch, you're doing a good job. Hey, <laughs> listen, I literally screwed up parenting. I mean, bad for I want to say like the first six years of my 10 year old's life and had to take accountability that. So if you for that, so if you you know spanked a few times, mm-hmm. I, I would say that it's all right. You can shift, you can change, um, and take accountability and change the trajectory of the relationship. I love it. I love to hear it. This is mm. fantastic <laughs> news. They're not now, I do have one other question kind of on the same topic before I think if Kay's going to switch gears, but d- you said boundaries. And I think there's like, I know there's a misconception around gentle parenting that there is no boundary or that there are no boundaries because that I had that as well. I was like gentle parenting my ass. Like what the hell? Mm-hmm. You can't just be letting a kid run around, do whatever they want to do, whatever, jumping up on stuff in the store and standing up in the tables in the restaurants. Like, yeah. so that was kind of like a, like a preconceived notion. I think people have going into it, a barrier to even like opening their mind to it. Like, could you speak on like boundaries versus gentle parenting in the same like coexisting yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, the typical standard, I've seen a lot of parents on social media that are portraying gentle parenting and it's really permissive parenting. So yeah. I think yes. how yeah. like they're using the gentle parenting tools, but there's no, there's no boundaries there either. Right. Like, okay, so what happens if I, you know, tried to bunny hop to the car and they didn't want to bunny hop to the car? Right. <laughs> like, then what? We just gonna, you just gonna keep asking? No. Right. Um, so boundaries are something that the parent is in control of. So rules are established as an established expectation. And we all have rules, whether we say them or not, we all have expectations of our kids, passive, Mm -hmm. permissive, or punitive and authoritarian, right? The problem is that we expect, or we think that a boundary is in our kids' hands. It's like, oh, you disrespected the boundary, whatever. A boundary is something that we can control. So the rule may be you can't watch TV until after you do your homework. Mm -hmm. The boundary would be you don't even know where the remote is. (laughs) Like, I am the fence trying to do or the inappropriate behavior. Um, And so when you have boundaries, a lot of times like things like punishments and stuff aren't even necessary. So I could see why they're like, if you're not punishing or if there aren't big consequences, you're, you're being permissive, but gentle parents, at least the ones that I know and respect, they have such good boundaries with their children on top of the communication that there's no need for me. What do I need to punish you for turning on the TV for? 
You couldn't yeah. turn on, like that's, the environment mm-hmm. is set up for your success. Mm-hmm. It's set up for you to win. Mm-hmm. And um, the communication comes in when there's obvious pushback and frustration and we validate feelings and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately you're not going to do what is outside of the boundary. And as you get older, the fence gets bigger, the boundary, you know, you have less constrictive boundaries, but there has to be boundaries. Like our kids need boundaries in order to actually grow and thrive and experience certain freedoms um because if not that stunts their development as well in a negative Mm, way yes yes and when it comes to boundaries there's also something that you mentioned about counterproductive punishment which I like so I don't know if it's kind of um sending your child to the room or maybe yelling or making them isolate um verbal abuse, all of those things. So can you speak a little bit on counterproductive punishments? Yeah, I think that anything that strays away from focusing on the behavior is putting too much emphasis on who the child is and and their worth. Um, And I think that when children are disempowered, they're going to take their power back in inappropriate ways, either in your house or in adulthood. And so I am very intentional about related consequences because it's focused on the behavior it's not it's not my job to make my kids feel bad intentionally mm-hmm. it's my job to teach them appropriate behaviors and you can do that with punishments but you can also do that with you can also do that with natural consequences mm-hmm. um and i think or even logical consequences like something that is actually directly related like if i park somewhere illegally nobody's gonna take my phone like i'm gonna get a parking ticket okay okay right right so it it needs to to make sense because Mm -hmm. otherwise the focus moves away from teaching the behavior to now disempowering or making your child feel small so if I'm like okay you know what I don't want to yell at you I'm gonna use one of my tools I'm gonna just take a breather uh go to your room but now I'm isolating them yeah what yeah what's what's there Hit me, girl. I think, Hit me. <laughs> I think timeout, timeout is a slippery slope. Slow, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. So sometimes we got to sit out, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're throwing stuff or you're not participating um, and you're making the environment unsafe for your sibling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have to sit out. Um, that doesn't mean I need to send you to your room, but I think that for me, timeouts are especially negative if our children are dysregulated. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will say to my oldest, like, maybe you need a space break. Do you need to go to your room, you know, mm-hmm. for a second? Because the common area is free space. We can all do us. That's right. free space. So you need a minute to yourself and she'll go and be by herself. But if my child is like visibly upset and needs me to help them mm-hmm. with their emotions or whatever, I'm not going to isolate them or send them to their room because that's not good for regulation. And then if they're misbehaving and they send them to their room, like, where's the problem solving? Where is the conflict resolution here? I'm just right. going to your room and then you're going to come back and I guess Be what? better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like how? No, like, you're going to come back out here tools. and fake apologize so you can keep playing the board game. But like we learned nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then there comes that manipulation piece now. We're teaching them because yes. they come down and they're like, okay, I'm sorry. Like exactly. you just said, and they haven't really learned. And we haven't really taught them. So I'm just going to keep remembering, but you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> and There's so are they. Yeah. And so are they. And so are, right. that's so true. We have to regulate ourselves and help our, our children regulate 
it's and hard. learn how to regulate as well. It's so hard. It it's is. Especially if we haven't learned fully how to regulate our own damn self. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. <laughs> you gave some powerful statements that kids can say. And you said, one thing a child can say is, I need attention. Yeah. And that hit my heart. Please speak on it. Speak oh. on it. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, just say what you need. Yes. I'm all about just saying, good God, just mm-hmm. saying it with your words, mm. not your actions. Not your actions. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to have my 10-year-old start talking because he, he'll he keep it all. And here I am 20 minutes trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And I can't do that. Yeah. No. I, you, you, I want you to trust me enough to be able to tell me how you feel. Tell me what your emotions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the poking and the prodding, especially at, at age, definitely does not that. does mm-hmm. not work with the preteens. My daughter, I um, see that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like she spills. Oh my gosh, she spills all the tea, and she used to oh. not. She used to Ooh. shut down. But but see, what I'm very intentional about now is number one, like there's nothing that she can say to me that's gonna get a negative reaction. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing that she could say. Like, and I get triggered. Like, I'm like, ooh, that sound like it's a mean girl in her house. Like, ooh, <laughs> right. she sound like she being a mean girl. Like, uh-huh. right, right. right. But I'm just like, I just like reflect back what she's saying. I'm just like, oh yeah. Um, and then you want to take her pencil? Okay. Mm. And then she just tells me more. Mm. Or oh, okay. And then your dad said what? Or <laughs> I just shut up. I'm just yeah. quiet. I just listen mm. to her, or I'll ask questions that aren't intrusive like I legit will just ask about the story that's it I'm not hitting her with no psychology like well how did you feel right 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 what do you think you should do next time like girl my freaking freaking smell you trying to like yeah they can (laughs) a mile away so I'm just like okay well what happened next Mm -hmm. what did she have on like I'm just asking questions about the story Mm, and completely safe I don't give no input yeah like oh that's that's Mm. interesting thanks for sharing or whatever and the Mm -hmm. more that I did that the more she was like oh like I could just share and this is a safe space right that deep um I think that's been really helpful in our relationship (laughs) just just let's just get it out and then they're like mental notes for me of things to like bring up at a later time or Mm -hmm. to start to teach or pay attention to but when they're open and they're sharing I'm just like let me just let them get it out oh I love it I love it yes and when our kids even know so my younger one I don't think he would be able to say mommy I need attention well I can always ask that question do you need some attention do you need some attention you know what a really good one is is I really want to play with you can we play together oh Mm. Oh my God, you just hit my heart. Because sometimes it's like, I cannot find the time. And I'm relying on them to play with each other. And you yeah. got to sit with your kids. Girl, and they don't need much time. I promise you, they don't like us like that. They don't. They don't. They my really five-year-old, don't. I'll do that. And we'll do Magnet House for five minutes. And she's just like, all right. Well, and then she's distracted. But, you know, right. I put a little bit in that cup. And she's like, right. That's all I needed. Yeah. Aww. Mm. Oh. Ah, Destiny, ah, thank you so very much for this much needed conversation. (laughs) If you guys like what you hear and want to learn more, please check out Destiny Ann on her Instagram, listen to her podcast, bitch, you're doing a good job. (laughs) And don't forget to grab a copy of her book, Very Intentional Parenting. Again, Destiny, thank you again for gracing our house with your presence. We have learned so much and wish you nothing but the best and continued success work will help many i i already know it 
<laughs> it has already. Thank you. This was yeah. beautiful. Thank you.